Hello and welcome to Kasinatian, Kasayuran, Kasaysayan, Kamatuuran, a podcast dedicated to discussing the latest topics of interest in Philippine politics and society from the perspective of Filipinos in general and Cebuanos in particular. This is your host, Ryan Dave Rayla, educator and voice in the wind. This afternoon, we are joined by um, we are joined by Professor Daryl Mendoza. He is currently affiliated with the University of San Carlos and teaches um, in the Department of Philosophy. In this discussion, we shall be talking about ethics and the field of ethics as a crucial um, as a crucial discipline in the academia. And of course, Sir Daryl will be talking about his experiences as a teacher of this crucial subject. So, Sir Daryl, maayong hapon. Uh, maayong hapon, Rai. Thank you for having me. Okay, maayong hapon, sir. Um, and it's a pleasure to have you here in our podcast this afternoon. Okay. Um, we are. We are. We are. Um, we are here with several talking points, and we shall be covering them gradually. Of course, along the way, there will be um, add-on questions, no, as the talk develops. So, um, let's begin with the first one. Ethics as a study. Um, how would you, Kwan, How would you introduce ethics to, let's say, the ordinary or to the ordinary um, person, no, sir? If, for example, um, a student of yours, no, who has, who, who has fresh out of senior high and has enrolled mm-hmm. in your degree program, how would you introduce ethics? Well, uh, uh, by the way, you know that ethics is already uh, a GE course, so that. Everyone in in college are required to take ethics. Uh, so how how I how do I usually begin? Is uh, I introduce ethics as something as as a part of philosophy. And when I do that, I always say that philosophy is something that is uh, are the questions in philosophy are the questions that we ask regardless of uh, uh, whether regardless of our pedigree regardless of our uh, where we come from because these are questions that are so fundamental and one of these fundamental questions is the question of what is good you know uh, even when we were still little okay now not very little but when we were little we we asked questions like what why is that good right Sometimes your parents will tell you, do not lie, because if you lie, you will go to hell or that you will be punished, right? Uh, and then we ask the question, we may, we may reply with a rejoinder, uh, what's so wrong about that, right? Why will I go to hell? Now, these questions you might notice are something that we all, well, not specifically that, no, but in, in general, these are questions that we have raised. Why is it wrong? Why is it good? Now, notice that when we raised that, we did not have, when we first raised those questions, we were not in, we are not yet in college. So it means that it is not, education is not a requirement for, uh, for us to ask these fundamental questions. And the very specific uh, concern of ethics is precisely that. It is a fundamental question regarding what is good. So when somebody asks what is good or what is bad, we are actually uh, thinking uh, in terms of ethics. We are actually doing ethics. 
in its simplest way, uh, you know, in the most simplest way of putting it. It's a, it's, it deals with the question of what is good and what is bad. Mm. Okay, so I see, sir, no, it's, um, it deals with that fundamental question. But um, if, if I may, if I may um, quote from what you said earlier, you did mention that um, the doing ethics or applying ethics doesn't, it's not necessarily the, the um, it's not necessarily, let's say, um, acquired through education alone, right? That's, the questions that uh, are posed in ethics are not necessarily, uh, you don't need an education for that because all of us can ask these questions. Ah, but how we approach it would be different, right? Mm. So, so maybe if I can, uh, so if you come from a certain culture or if you come from a certain religion, how you are, how you are brought up would determine, would be factors that determine how you would react to these questions. Mm, I see. Okay. So ethics is still bound, sir, no, by, um, by, by context and, of course, by, 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 um, by of course, that's what you said, culture in general, no, which is um, a shared set of ideas shared by, by people living in a particular community. Um, in this regard, sir, I'd like to bring you to the next question about about um, our talking point, our first talking point, which is ethics as a study. Um, do you consider yourself to be an ethicist, considering that you have taught this subject for years? Yeah, for years, <laughs> a decade already. So, uh, I, I taught ethics. I have been teaching ethics for almost a decade. Uh, but I really don't consider myself as an ethicist, okay? Uh, in a sense that uh, I do not, I do not engage uh, in a sense of research. I do not engage in a sense of scholarship uh, on ethics. I teach ethics, but it is not my line of work. I mean, it's not my my field. So you know, in philosophy, there are also several fields. Uh, but ethics is not something that I am really into. Uh, but nonetheless, I can, as a teacher in philosophy, uh, I can give the rudiments of ethics. Okay? Mm, I see. So the I, I, I wouldn't call myself an ethicist. An <laughs> ethic. Yeah. So um, I think we'll, if for an ethicist, I think we'll have to go with um, one of our friends. No, um, I hope he's listening now, uh, Professor Mabolok. <laughs> Ryan Mabolok, I think he's the he's the guy to go for ethics. I mean, he writes his he writes books about it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So in this one, sir, no, um, since you you say that you you talk about the rudiments of ethics, I'd like to add an addendum question. Um, what are the rudiments of ethics, sir? Uh, maybe maybe you can maybe a little context by by rudiments you mean, uh, well, let's say. Key concepts, no, the, the key concepts. All right. So, you know, uh, as I've said, ethics generally, in general terms, deals with the question of what is right and what is wrong, right? Uh, then, if you want to do a more formal study of ethics, okay, more formal study of ethics, we will see that ethics is actually made up of several sub branches, okay? Uh, the most, how would you call it? What we usually do, what is usually taught in undergraduate or in introductory ethics, that's what we call as normative ethics, mm. uh, general ethics. So normative ethics, if you want to uh, ask if the concern 
normative ethics is basically the question, what makes an act right? What makes an act wrong? Okay. Uh, so when, 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 when you try to ask the question, is lying wrong? That's basically within what is called as normative ethics. Uh, but the moment when you start asking some question that is more abstract, when you try to ask, uh, what is the meaning of good? Or is good, does good really have a standard? Is it universal? Is it merely cultural? Is it relative? Now, this is what we call it in ethics, and there's a sub-branch of ethics that we call as meta-ethics, right? Uh, but there is also this ethics that, for example, the ethics that is, you've heard of this, a code of ethics, mm. right? Or ethics for engineers, or ethics for lawyers, or ethics for doctor, legal ethics, computer ethics, uh, biomedical ethics. This, these uh, ethics uh, are what we call as, are belongs to the umbrella of what we call as uh, applied ethics. Right? Uh, Dr. Mabolok is into applied ethics also, right? Mm. Uh, since you mentioned uh, Dr. Mabolok, he's also into uh, applied ethics. I see. Right. So, so there, yeah, are, yeah. There, there are so many different fields, sir. No, um, there are so many different, um, um, let's say, flavors of ethics. If we are to use yeah. um, an allegory for it, uh, in that regard, sir, in that regard, um, do you see ethics as um, this is the this is the second addendum question for the for the talking point? No, uh, do you see or can you tell us about the relevance of ethics today? So, I mean. If ethics is, let's say, um, for for some of our colleagues, if ethics is applied, um, where does it where does it fit in our let's say modern lives today? All right, that's a good question. Uh, as I said earlier, you know, whenever we make a decision, no matter how trivial, right? When you say, uh, "Should I go to school or not?" Okay, so you woke up, and then this is for pre-COVID times, right? Yes. So uh, you woke up, and then. Uh, it was raining, okay, uh, and then you you thought that uh, should I go to school or not? Okay, uh, that that decision that you have to make. Okay, what underlies that decision is the question of what is good and what is not good, right? So unknowingly or knowingly, you're actually thinking in ethical terms because you're trying in trying to answer the question should I go to school or not? You're trying to think of what is right and what is wrong. Sometimes our desire becomes too strong, uh, we end up sleeping again, okay? Uh, but therefore, we have no time to think. But these, this very simple uh, situation where one makes a decision about what is right and what is wrong is already something that we experience every day. So in a sense, ethics is relevant because every day when we make decisions, uh, particularly a uh, decision that pertains to what is right and what is wrong, we are actually doing ethics. Now, last semester, interestingly, last semester, uh, just when the COVID uh, was starting here in, in Cebu, uh, all my classes in ethics, I, assigned, I, I, I gave them uh, questions uh, pertaining to the COVID situation in, in say, in, in Cebu City. So, when you ask what is the relevance, it, it is the relevance is in our everyday life, but it's also relevant in situations such as a pandemic. We, 
how many times do we experience a pandemic? So questions such as, uh, uh, is test, should testing be compulsory? That's an ethical question, right? Besides the legal questions, uh, what, what, is, what underlies it is a, is a question of ethics. Should everybody be tested? Uh, should everybody be compelled uh, to be tested for the sake of common good, right? Uh, and there, there is this good example. Uh, I got this from a case in uh, the UNESCO bioethics uh, situation. It's a, a good example would be supposing a doctor, right, a surgeon, okay, uh, one day got his HIV test and he tested positive and he had operated on several, several patients already. Okay? Now the question is, does he have a moral obligation okay, to tell his patients about his condition or does he have the right to privacy? Okay. So here, and this is a more specific bioethical case. This is, I got this from the UNESCO casebook. So here you see a clash between my duty and my right. Okay. So that, that itself is also an ethical question. So ethics actually permeates everything whenever we make decisions from something like waking up to as issues such as uh, COVID testing to, you know, bioethics. So it's actually quite relevant. Mm, I see. So ethics, sir, is found in, let's say, in all facets or in all sides of human existence. Yeah, in, a, in such a way that, or perhaps in a way that uh, when we make decisions, okay, mm. whenever we make decisions, whenever we uh, act on something, what precedes the action when uh, it's a decision that has to be made and what, uh, what, is, what undergirds that decision is a question, if we think about it, it's a question of what is right and what is wrong. Mm. That's ethics. I see. So it would seem, sir, that ethics is um, indeed... Ethics is um, a study of choices, no, or the study of assessing choices. Perhaps. Yes, in, in along the lines of what is good and what is bad, along those lines. That, okay, that's right. Uh, for on that one, um, Dar, um, I think we can now go to the second talking point for this um, for this afternoon, which is the application of ethics. So I have a question here: Where do you see ethics as a study as a study having the most impact? No. So where do you see ethics as a study having the most impact? Okay, so uh, it, that, that's difficult to qualify because in, in all facets of, you know, all, all facets of life, whenever we make decisions, there is ethics. So, for example, a good, maybe a good example, although I wouldn't say that this is the most uh, this gives uh, this is the most important facet, or that this gives the most uh, impact. Uh, but you know, be after the Second World War, okay. After the Second World War, uh, this field of ethics called bioethics started to emerge, and this was precisely uh, the impetus for this was precisely because before uh, before this. Uh, bioethics, okay? Uh, their human experimentation was not regulated. Okay? Uh, so that, I think, personally, that the 
bioethics, the, the application of ethics, particularly uh, in uh, matters of uh, human experimentation, in matters of medical care, okay, I think uh, has a very tremendous impact. Okay? Has a tremendous, very tremendous impact. Uh, but then also other fields, there are so many other fields also in ethics. Uh, but, but as I've said, I cannot really qualify in general because they are all important. Uh, but I think for me, one very crucial uh, development in ethics okay, uh, for what, for, for, this, uh, for years and years is, the, is bioethics. Mm, I see. So for you, it's bioethics that has developed crucially in assessing uh, the human conditions that we find ourselves in today. Uh, if I may add, I would say that on my part, since I'm biased to this one, since this is what I study, I would say ethics is most applicable in politics, no? Oh, Especially right. what's yeah. happening with the politics of today. Okay. So, um, on that note, sir, uh, I'd like to add an addendum as well, no? Uh, as to the application of ethics. Um, can we say, for example, that those who are teaching philosophy, they have an obligation to, let's say, to further ethics as a crucial field of study or as a, let's say, do they have an obligation to, um, to, actually, to actually spread the, 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 the knowledge of ethics to everyone who, who, who basically can access it? Okay. Uh, that's also a little bit tricky because, you know, when you say obligation, mm -hmm. of course, there's a question of scope, right? Uh, for example, a teach teacher, okay? Uh, you know how tiring it is to be a teacher, okay? Indeed. Very, very tiring, super tiring. Uh, and so when you go home after uh, teaching for, for the entire day, you have to grade, you have to attend meetings, you have to, you know, all of those things is very tiring. Uh, do we still have an obligation to teach others during that uh, free time? That's a question, right? Uh, so I wouldn't say uh, obligated. That would be too strong. But mm. in ethics, there is what we call as supererogatory acts. Now, supererogatory acts are acts that are optional but not neutral. Okay? So it is your choice on whether you want to do it or not. It's that the action is definitely not neutral. For example, I can I can help others in my spare time, but I can also choose to sleep. Now, the choice of helping others uh, in my spare time does not is for me is not really uh, an obligation. But nonetheless, I do it because something uh, I I think that I can contribute to that. Okay, so it's not an obligation in a sense that. Uh, in, this, in the same sense, let me qualify that, in the same sense that uh, as a teacher, I have an obligation to my students in my class, okay? that I have to submit my grades on time, that I have to provide the course, that, et cetera. That's an obligation. Okay? But do I have an obligation for, to teach ethics to those who uh, are not within my class? Not necessarily. It depends, but most likely, uh, if you ask me, no, it's not an obligation. But there is what you call a supererogatory acts. Another word for that are heroic acts. Mm. You know? Optional, but they are not neutral. Mm. Optional, but they are not um, obligated. Okay. 
Sige. So, yeah. thank you for that, um, Sir Dar. Uh, we now go to the last talking point for this afternoon, which is, um, and we will have many addendum questions on this one, um, ethics and philosophy. Now, we did mention, no, we mm. did mention earlier that um, uh, as educators, no, um, studying or rather teaching and studying ethics can be a bit tricky since it is vast in scope and as well as um, we have our different leanings as to where it is best applied. But um, if we if we put that question to, let's say, or if we put that, um, the, the ideas that we mentioned earlier, if we put that before, uh, let's say, um, if we put that before ordinary people, um, can they do ethics or is ethics, let's say, uh, something that is reserved for a few who are who are learned in the ways of let's say of um, philosophy from the Greeks to the modern times no can, can ordinary people do ethics in their in their everyday life yeah of course they can right uh, of course they can I mean when you're support when for example uh, you have relatives right or friends or maybe relatives okay uh, who have no idea they have no idea who Aristotle is, right? No idea who Immanuel Kant is and all those grand theories in ethics. But do you think they're not able to think of what is right and what is wrong? Mm. Definitely not, right? They, what I mean is, they, even if we do not have a background on these thinkers, okay, it does not mean that we do not have access to thinking. Okay? We are able to think. So even... I do not subscribe to the idea that ethics is only for those who go to university. Uh, I don't even subscribe to the idea that philosophy is only for those who go to the university. Mm. The only difference is that for those who go to the university, they think about this as fields of knowledge. So they actually study it, they see the complexities about it. And later on, they can provide a more informed answer or a more informed way of looking at things. But it does not stop ordinary people to do what is good. Not because they are, because they feel, not merely because they just feel doing it, but because they can also determine what is right and what is wrong. And so, you know, ethics doesn't have to be, doesn't have to start in the university. It, perhaps, it can start at home. It can start with where it were, with you growing up. Okay, mm. uh, that is why, for example, one branch of ethics called virtue ethics uh, would champion the idea of a moral exemplar, mm. someone a, a model okay, that you uh, that that you look up to, uh, and that will guide you with how you live your life. In fact, originally the word ethics, uh, which means habit. Uh, it lead the original meaning, at least in ancient Greek, it's not so much as a question of what is right and what is wrong. That's actually a modern thing okay, with the term morality. But its original ancient Greek uh, idea, ethics, was really concerned with happiness, you know, living the good life. Okay. So how do you live the good life? So that's, uh, uh, that's connected with philosophy, right? What is the meaning of life? <laughs> Mm, indeed, no. Uh, so everyone can do ethics, sir. Uh, I I asked that question, um, Dar, 
because um, I was concerned with, for example, with the way that things are today, especially in social media, wherein um, information, especially if unfiltered, can be very conflicting, especially in news, in politics in general, in many other things. So there are there's a lot of fake news, etc. So I, I, I asked that question, or I rather I framed that question with the realities in mind that are facing us today, especially with with so many aka truths no truths with a small with a small t so that's the that's the i think that's the that's the premise of why i asked the question yeah. is that um if people are misinformed or if people are deliberately uh, misled by by certain influencers or by key institutions no especially nowadays with with so many um so many misinformation campaigns then how can ordinary people effectively practice ethics? Right. Uh, I want to add something. Uh, yes. The original, the, 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 the term sin, you know, which is present, in, you know, which is an important referent in theology. Originally in Greek, uh, it's called hamartia. Okay. Uh, hamartia. And what it means is, you know, uh, you falling. You know, clumsily falling, okay? Uh, a dogma, okay? That's, uh, that is the original meaning of hamartia. And it later became uh, sin, okay? What is that supposed to teach us in relation to uh, ethics, in relation to what is good and what is bad? I said earlier, uh, we have the capacities uh, to think. We have the capacities to think of what is right and what is wrong, okay? However... Okay, human as we are, okay, frail as we are, we can easily be, as you said, manipulated, especially if we do not uh, cultivate our reasoning, especially if we do not cultivate our uh, thinking faculties. So in the same way as an analogy, you know, if you are not very familiar with, uh, with, with a place or you feel that you are so innocent about life, uh, people can easily manipulate you. Okay? A certain kind, uh, you know, a kind of infantile naivete. Uh, people can manipulate you and then you real, and that's the first time you realize, oh, the world is evil. Okay? Uh, so in almost the same sense, you know, almost in the same sense, uh, we are capable of thinking, but, okay, Sometimes we are we can be easily manipulated, and also uh, because we also have our own selves. We also have desires. Okay, mm. we will, you know, and you know, desires are the, the longest story of ethics in uh, in the history of Western thought. Uh, the antagonism, the antagonist to the story of ethics, is who has always been desire. Uh, I think this is the right thing to do, but, you know, my desire tells me to do otherwise. So the example that I gave about sleeping and waking up for school, you know, I think that I have to go to school. It's the right thing, at least intuitively. But nindut mm -hmm. okay, now, etc., etc. So natugko. So your reason tells you this, but your desire is pulling you the other way. Okay. So more like there is always a, uh, how do you call that? There is always a, you know, the, 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 the constant trope of bad and evil, mm. yin and yang, okay? the little angel and the little devil. Okay? 
these are all tropes uh, that in ethics would really be reason and desire. Mm, I see. At so, some part. So perhaps um, just to kind of just to set the record straight for the audience, um, perhaps you're saying that uh, desire is always negative while reason is always good. Is, is uh, not, necessarily. not necessarily. Not necessarily. Uh, desire without if we don't exer- if we don't if you ask me you know desire is wonderful okay <laughs> desire is you know uh, it you, you fulfill a certain desire okay it's a, it, there's a wonderful experience but if desire is unchecked by reason that's when things go wrong okay uh, if we if we come from Aristotle it is this excessive uh, this excessiveness, okay, uh, and this excessiveness uh, can only be controlled if we use our reason. Okay, so there, in that sense, desire is not necessarily bad because desire is what makes us alive in the first place. You know, if you don't have a desire to eat, okay, then most likely you die. Okay? Uh, so, but what controls this excess is our reason. So reason, our reason, our reasoning faculty is very, very important. Mm. I see. So with that in, um, with that in mind, no, dear audience and Sirdar, um, so I think we have we have really explored uh, much of the much of the um, underpinnings of ethics for now. No? But we are truly we are barely touching the surface. But we have explored um, a lot in this afternoon, and with that. We have exhausted as well our talking points for this afternoon, Sir, um, Sir Dar. So um, I'll give you now the floor to um, issue, a, let's say, a parting statement for our for our audience. No, so any any last words, Sir Dar, for our audience. Last words. Yes. Okay. Uh, I I don't know what to say, but uh, uh, Thomas Aquinas, you know, there's the general moral principle that never uh, never fades. Uh, Thomas Aquinas, uh, in, an inim- in a seemingly enigmatic way, tells us, do good, avoid evil. Okay, that's <laughs> we all. It is in a, it's an enigmatic because you know we we know that's what we should do, and we you know we have the whether whatever we our background is that's what what seems to compel us to do anything. Do good, avoid evil. But the moment we do it, it seems difficult. So what is important is, you know, uh, we have, you know, it's not easy to be a good person. It's a struggle. Okay? And we have to overcome ourselves every day. Okay. So with that, uh, thank you for your time in this um, podcast, Sirdar. I know you're a very busy man as well as, um, you know, it's, it's ta- we're taking time off uh, from you, sir. That um, considering no, no, that this okay. is your koan. It's an honor to be here. <laughs> Okay, thank you, sir, for participating in this podcast. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And thank you as well for listening to the Kasinatian Podcast. You may reach us through Facebook at facebook.com slash Kasinatian Podcast. We are available on several different channels, primarily on Spotify, Google uh, Google Podcasts, and um, in different other platforms as well. So um, if you want to listen, please um, just go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. We release episodes every, uh, every Monday and Friday, so please stay tuned every week. This is your host, Ryan Dave Rayla, and I will catch you on the next one.